What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Into the Light podcast for episode 31. Oi! I didn't know that. Yeah, banter with Bray. Lessons learned from Rachel Nem. Clap it up. We hope you all liked the episodes from Rachel because that was one of our funnest episodes that we've yeah. ever recorded. Yeah, Rachel really is fun. hilarious. She's so fun. In person. Yeah, I really like her. And we learned so much. And also... I, I just wanted to put something in here at the beginning. We would love to hear the different things that y'all learned. Or if you have any suggestions from us, we just love hearing from you. Yeah, we really do. I know it sounds cringy, but I love getting a nice little DM <laughs> in the middle of my work day. Even if it's not a nice DM. like I've had one. <laughs> I'm coming for you, but it's okay. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right, we're going to dive in to the lessons learned from Rachel's two-part episode and there's a few here and we hope that you enjoy this a few i have a list of 14 but we're not going to do that to you some of those are mine <laughs> not Aubrey. um okay first lesson i wanted to talk about because aaron this is something that was applicable in my life this last month i would say and i think rachel is really good at articulating this but the lord rarely gives you the five-year plan he only gives you the step ahead of you. And my mission president's wife taught me this, that sometimes we feel like our life is going to come out a certain way and this is how our life needs to be. However, you know, the Lord has different plans. And that's okay because that's what Christ is. That's what the gospel is, is hope. So why are we worried about things in the future if we're supposed to have hope, right? Or am I wrong in thinking that? No, I think you're right. Isn't that what the Savior says in the Sermon on the Mount? Mm, like like why take you thought for the morrow or whatever yeah it's a really bad paraphrase but it sounded prophetic it's in chapter 6 verse 30 something matthew 6 30 something but anyways be hopeful and be understanding of the lord's timing because that is the only timing that matters really if we're being honest no pressure of the world no person no instagram status no anything timing is more important than his absolutely and especially if you're doing what you know you're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. that's yeah. i it's i guess that's when it's easiest to trust that everything will turn out okay but i wanted to kind of go off of that and talk about a couple of the comments that i got from friends that listened to the episode were like wow rachel's been through some really yeah. dark dark times and i was actually just listening to a podcast on the way over here and it was a uh, Tony Robbins and Ed Milet talking about how everybody has the winters of their lives. Yeah. And currently we're in the dead butt of winter freezing outside. And you thought, yeah. And my car heater doesn't work. So that's so sad. Dad, I need your help. But <laughs> as in all other things, there's patterns to these things and yeah. everyone goes through winters. Everyone goes through really, really dark times. But if Rachel was an example to me of anything, it was that, everything turns out if you consistently push through and stay faithful. Yeah, I think that's so cool. Well, when we think about a loving father in heaven, we we know that everything he's created has been intentional. So you saying that is kind of like, it was very intentional that he has seasons. And just like seasons of fall and spring and winter and summer, we have seasons in our lives. And, it, and life's not supposed to be bliss the whole time. 
it's it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be cold. It's supposed to be happy. It's supposed to be blissful. You know, it's not supposed to be the same exact thing every single time or else your life would be really boring. And then That's you facts. would want to just change everything. But sometimes when you're in the winters of life, you really, really, really want it to be spring. Yeah. I, that's how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, same. Yeah. I need, I need <laughs> to not have the sun go down at 5 p.m. Amen to that. Um, okay. I love that so much. Um, okay. So next thing that we want to talk about is um, what true happiness is. And Aaron teaches this principle super well, as well as Rachel. And Rachel says that happiness is fulfillment and is true fulfillment that comes deep in that joy happiness and fun are all different words but the thing that makes them different is the amount of fulfillment you get yeah and i think i mean it's this verse in the book of mormon that really popped into my head when we were talking to rachel alma forty-one ten, and it's the scripture mastery yeah. from the last time they had scripture mastery which is when i was a freshman in high school yeah. um do not suppose, because it has been spoken concerning restoration, that ye shall be restored from sin to happiness. Behold, I say unto you, wickedness never was happiness. And this is a, a lesson that I have seen in my personal life recently because I work at a drug rehab place for teenage boys and girls. And they put on this face that they're super happy and they're yeah. addicted to all sorts of different drugs. But that and also listening to Rachel has really kind of reminded me of what true happiness is and where it comes from. Yeah. It doesn't come from the things of the world, no matter what that might be, but it comes from putting God first and having that be the center of your life mm-hmm. and everything else around it becomes happier yeah. when you have the spirit with you. And and you can, you can, that that's very noticeable in everyone's life. Like the second you pray or the second you have a really good spiritual experience or the second you leave the temple or read scriptures with somebody like your happiness level and how you were before that incident completely changed within two minutes, three minutes, you know what I mean? And so I agree. I think happiness comes from the gospel and that's why it's so enticing. And that's why we live it every day. Right. Mm A hundred percent. Another thing that I thought was really profound in her episode was how she talked about the atonement. Yeah. And and one of the things that she said that I absolutely loved, one of the principles that she referred to was this principle that sinful desires can actually be removed from your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember through, through the atonement of Christ. And again, there's a lot of scriptures that are popping into my head right now concerning this, but one in particular in Mosiah 5, right after King Benjamin gets done giving his sermon to the people, And they say, because of the spirit of the Lord omnipotent, which has wrought a mighty change in us or in our hearts, that we have no more disposition to do evil, but to do good continually. And I think it's important here to point out that there is, there will be a time in everybody's life as you continually trust in the changing and saving power of the Savior's atonement, that these sinful desires and these things that you want to change and your weaknesses will be rooted out of you. Yeah. And you will have no more disposition to do quote unquote evil, whatever that evil might be. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's going to last forever, but I'm saying there will be times in your life that, that, that will be the case. Mm -hmm. And as you continually trust, it happens more frequently. Yeah. But the key to that is, I think 
everybody wants that, but the key to that is work. Exactly. And it's spiritual work. And it's also work within yourself. Like I think I think discipline is a spiritual gift that is so underdeveloped when we're young, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I think that it's definitely something once evil and hard things get into our lives, discipline is the first thing that comes from how how am I going to get through this? Mm-hmm. And how am I going to get through this on top of it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of falling flat on my face is discipline and hard work. Mm-hmm. And it's not just going to come overnight. And I think that's that's one thing that when I was on my mission, there was a ton of people that they were like, you can't just work your way into heaven. Like you can't just, like, it doesn't matter how many good things you do to work. And like, of course not. I can't do anything mm-hmm. by myself to get into heaven. But why do I do the work? I do the work so that I can be aligned with the person who can get me to heaven. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not aligned with him, then I don't even want to go to heaven in the mm-hmm. first place. It does, it's not something that I want to do if I'm not in line with him. So why even do all those things? That alignment's everything, right? Yeah. Repentance means reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Reconciliation, re- re- reconciling yourself to the Savior. Yeah, I think another thing Rachel points out really well in this with going along with that is that Satan will hold you back from your spiritual potential more Mm. than any other potential in your life. I think he does it in physical potential for sure, emotional, mental, but especially spiritual potential because he remembers who you were Mm -hmm. before this life. You don't remember that you passed through the veil, but he didn't, he doesn't have a body. And so he's able to kind of remind us of, our failures and who we are instead of he knows exactly who we can become. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to keep you from doing that. And you get discouraged really quickly when you start doing well. Yeah. Spiritually, like things just kind of seem to pop up in your life. Yeah. When things like are this, going well. Like you are praying, you're reading your scripture, you're feeling the spirit all day, every day. You're serving, you're loving life. Bam! Trial comes right yep. in your life, yep. right smack dead in the middle. And maybe it's a boy. That usually happens. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for me. But yeah, I get it. Um, okay. Um, oh, I wanted to talk to you about this. I was thinking about this in the car and I was like, ooh, I can't wait to pick Aaron's brain. But but we were talking about how sorrow is so comfortable and that staying in sorrow is something that you just want to do and you are so complacent with. We already talked about this. Keep explaining a little bit. I'm I'm curious. Because I think I think sometimes we think about sorrow as like, oh my gosh, I'm sad, I'm depressed, right? But sometimes you can be quote unquote happy in your sorrow. Comfortable. Because you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or it is just a good time. And the work to get out of that, the spiritual work, maybe you have to go talk to your bishop. Maybe you have to go to a disciplinary council. Like maybe you have to do things that is going to make pride be a huge issue and you don't want to have to go through Mm. that. And so that's why you're just going to stay in your sorrow because you're like, I'm way comfortable right here. And I know if I do that, people are going to judge me. I'm going to judge myself. God's going to judge me. You know, whatever Mm -hmm. you think is going through your head. But at that moment, you're not thinking about Christ and Mm -hmm. you're not thinking about wanting to escape that sorrow because Mm -hmm. of him and because Mm -hmm. of what he did for you. You know? Yeah. I think sitting in sorrow and everything has a happy medium but sitting in sorrow and sitting in depression and being comfortable in it is one of the number one ways that satan keeps us from true repentance right and changing sometimes it is a grind like you got to pull yourself out of that 
sorrow or depression, whatever you might be feeling, or pride, mm -hmm. which is at the root of a lot of these things. Oh, yeah. I think it's number one. Yeah. Oh, yes. my gosh. I felt so pumped when she said this. I was like, Same. I'm going Same. to the gym. I, I think I know you're <laughs> going with this because I can go um, off. So she talks about kind of having all aspects. I think she said four, but all aspects of your life in line. So you're spiritual, you're physical, you're emotional, um, and you're mental. And when all four of those are aligned, you are unstoppable. You feel incredible. You feel like nothing can really stop you. And if something does try to stop you, it doesn't really affect you because you are so on top of it. And you're like, I'll get through this. There's n Why am I worried? There's no need to be worried. And I, I, I can pinpoint specific times in my life where I felt that. And I just, there, I think like currently or whatever state you're in, you're always trying to strive to that. Because you're like, I know I, I can do that because I've done it before. So let's just do it again. Mm -hmm. But it takes work. Absolutely. I wanted to highlight as well her focus on physical fitness. Yeah, I agree. Especially as she's going through addiction, as she's going through mental health struggles like depression and suicide ideation. Her focus on a physical fitness and turning to that as a coping mechanism is something that I've definitely felt in my own life too. Yeah. There is power in changing your physiology mm -hmm. every single day, getting your heart pumping. And you can. Getting your muscles pumped. Yeah. Whatever it is that makes you happy, but changing your physiology and putting yourself through challenging situations physically is, I think, a spiritual principle at its root. I think it is too. I think it's very, very fulfilling. I work with, I work with um, doctors and they're eye doctors, but they're surgeons and they're very, very intelligent people. And I was like, and I always love to prick their brain. I'm like, how did you get through all that school? You went through 12 years of school. How did you yeah. not go insane? And he's like, well, I am insane, first of all. <laughs> you gotta be to go to that much school. But he's like, I, um, this one doctor, he literally runs like 40 miles, like yes. nonstop. Like he is just a, a physical powerhouse. And I'm not saying everyone needs to go run 40 miles because you know I run one mile, I'm done. But, <laughs> To just be in the gym, get your heart pumping, and just feeling good. Like, you never feel horrible after you're in the gym. I'm mm -hmm. just going to be honest. So Absolutely. Quick plug for praise music, too. Plug. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you want the best of both worlds, you get in the gym, you lift some weights, do some pull-ups, push-ups, whatever it might be, run on the treadmill, mm -hmm. while listening to praise music. Oh, yeah. I don't do that. Um, I definitely, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, um maybe not great music but i do listen to john by the way and you change your physiology and change my spiritual physiology and physical at the same time yeah dude we have just awesome. plugged physical health like crazy <laughs> let's I, go i've been loving the gym lately so that's why <laughs> yes um sweet i think that's it do you have anything else i that's all for me Oh, can we just say last thing? She said this. It was really cool. Letting yourself be saved by Jesus. Allow Jesus to be in your life. Jesus is our Savior. Yeah. Jesus is your Savior. Yeah. He's already done it. Might as well use his atonement. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you guys so much for listening to us today. And if you guys had anything dope that you wanted to um, share with us about what you learned from Rachel or any of our podcasts, please um, send us a DM on Instagram. Um, or Facebook. We need to get that running again. But um, Or we also have our email, into the light 5024 at gmail.com. And also, you can just send me and Aaron a text if you want, if you know us and you have our number. <laughs> Heck yeah. 
Also, coming up, we're going to have a little episode where we talk about our story up to this point, which will be fun. Yay! So, uh, looking forward to that. We're going we're gonna to bring you inside the podcasting life. <laughs> hey, we love you all so much. Have a good one. See you next week. Bye.